0: with speed. Kaprizov swings wide. Tried to center. Bounces to Johansson. Johansson centers. Kaprizov scores!
1: Unbelievable! The thrill does it again. And the Wild win it 4-3 in overtime. Puck is
2: back down inside the Dallas blue line. A dozen seconds to go in overtime. Lead pass to Shane Denied by Calvin Pickard And now a 2 on one Adam Ernie with James Hamlin Ernie to the net, scores! His first as an oiler And Edmonton has erupted At the Rock 5-3 Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area This is Sports 1440 And the Kevin Carius Show
3: All right, here we go. The weekend is here. Christmas is almost here. So let's tear up the old patch clicker into Schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So glad you could join us uh, this morning. Our final show before Christmas and uh, hope everyone is getting ready. For the big day and the festive spirit and the, uh, the family, the food, the fun, the presents and everything that comes along with uh, Christmas and all the looks and all the kids' faces. That's the, the main part here. Um, Going to be a great show today. Uh, let's welcome in our normal Friday co-host, uh,
0: Eddie Steele. Good morning, Eddie. Are you? Already for Christmas. Oh, good morning. I'm ready to go, boys. I'm bringing the energy on this final <laughs> Friday. Oilers win last night. Let's go. It's did a great did, day. Did you get into the eggnog this morning or what? No, just uh, extra espresso shot in the coffee. <laughs> I, I I knew I had to bring it today because, like I said, it's our final Friday before Christmas. Wow. We had a little, uh, a few of those uh, little cream bottles over there, Duke, that were,
3: maybe you got into those. Uh, it's missing. <laughs> <laughs> One bottle's missing. Eddie's got it. Uh so, yeah, it was a what a wild game last night between the Oilers and the Devils. It was uh, going into the third period. Everyone's going, oh, here we go again. And then the Oilers uh, erupt for four goals and three in a minute nine. That's the difference in the game. And I know you watch every game, especially on Thursdays, because that's kind of what we're our bread and butter when we talk about uh, on Friday morning. So, uh, what would you make of uh, last night's game? Just the whole kind of comeback and the feel and now a positive uh, vibe going into
0: New York to play the Rangers tonight. You know, honestly, it's kind of just so confusing as to what this team is. And I, I was going to ask you this yeah. later on in the show, but let's just get to yeah. the crux of it. Okay. Like, what what is this team? They come out hot, start fast, play good, uh, much like they were doing on the, the wonderful win streak. But then they just, there's so many lapses in Teams have lapses. You're going to have ups and downs, Mm -hmm. ebbs and flows in a game. But the lapses that this team have, kind of unexplainable sometimes. But then they come back and surge. And they just, it's the highs and lows. I don't think anybody can say
3: 100% that they know what this team is. I don't think you can. Because you don't know what you're getting from a game-to-game basis. You don't know what you're getting from a period to period basis. So I think maybe sometimes when, you, when you're when you asking a question like that, I think sometimes team identity, that word team identity, that phrase comes into play. Sometimes that's an overrated statement to me, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it, you got to go, well, we know what our team, this is what we are, this is who we
0: are. But with the Oilers, this year, no one knows what that is Yet. I'll say this, and and I agree, it can be an overrated, overstated word, but in this case I think it is uh, very reasonable Mm -hmm. to use because you can say that about a middle-of-the-pack team. This is a team that was a top five going into the season cup contender team. Mm -hmm. You should know what that identity is. You should. I agree with you because everyone knew what that was at the end of
3: last year when they said cup or bust. Yeah, You it, know, that's
0: that was your identity. It, pretty simple. It, it is pl- pretty simple and playing a certain style. But as you mentioned, man, period to period, you don't know what you're going to get with this club. And even like shift to shift sometimes. And I mean, that's that's sport
3: though. You know, sometimes you get knocked off your game. Sometimes you knock the opposition off its game. That's why we love it and watch. Exactly. So when we look at the Oilers last night coming out in the third period, down three-two, and to score the three goals in the minute nine—that's the sixth fast- fastest in club history. So, when you have, you know, two your your two main players score to make it three-three, Connor McDavid with a, just showing tremendous patience, just in the slot, and for for a player to have that kind of awareness to not only wait around because there is probably nowhere to go with the first attempt if he if he lets it buck right away, it's probably not going anywhere. It's probably blocked, but then to wait around and then to feel that you got no one around you, that you have that extra one second, which is
0: an eternity. You know, Right where he was, too. And it, when I saw who got the rebound, I didn't realize it was Connor. Yeah. Because oh. he's not, he doesn't really, he's not a guy getting rebounds a ton, right? That's not his. He might game. not be in that position. Yeah. that's a fair assessment. And then when I saw the stick handling yeah. and the you patience, knew, right? I thought, whoa, that's yeah, different. Knew. Yeah, there's no one else
3: that it could be. <laughs> Maybe Nuge, possibly, but uh, as a left handed shot. Yeah. yeah. And then Leon Dreisaitl, who was quiet. Leon was not.
0: Leon was average or below average in the first two periods? Kind of looked like that Leon that, you know, sluggish, poor body language, kind of had that kind of feel to it. So when that changed, and then Adam Ernie, his first goal
3: as an Oiler, that, that just knocked the total win out of the sails of the Devils. It was pretty well game over uh, at that point. But the the main thing to start the third period is when Chris Knobloch started the period. He started the period with Derek Ryan at center with Evander Kane and Matthias Janmark. So now everyone's going, oh, what's going on here? Uh, But this was an indictment on Leon Dreisaitl's play in the first two periods. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. And then add on the fact that Ryan McLeod was outstanding. Maybe Ryan McLeod is the guy that can add something to get Leon Going more consistently, which everyone thought, oh, it's got to be Hyman, it's got to be Nuge, got to be Kane. Maybe it is a guy like Ryan McLeod, but that absolutely leaves this team uh, in the in the depths of uh, of uh, darkness at center ice yeah. on lines three and four. They can't go forward in this model with Derek Ryan as your third line center. And then James Hamlin is your fourth line center. Just, it's not doable. No, no. So, At this
0: point, it is in December, but moving forward. Yeah. Our text line is always open. one 1440
3: Good morning and Merry Christmas to all from the Stair Farmer. Keep in mind that Duke has been extremely busy over the last 24 hours getting our Christmas playlist ready for the last, well, our last show before Christmas, so... I'm sure you sent a couple in, Eddie.
0: I I didn't, and I didn't even uh, come up with the song. Normally, I'll slide Duke uh, my phone and show him what I want to be played, but uh, I figured him and the listeners were on it with the playlist. We had probably, I'd say, 60 to 70 requests yesterday,
3: so Duke goes, well, we got to get that down to a dozen or so. So,
0: Duke, how was the night?
2: (laughs) Thankfully, I had lots to entertain me uh, yeah. over the course of the evening as I picked through and gave some uh, some listening samples. The thing is, I had a pretty good idea of most of the ones we were going to play, but we'll get some of the uh, the listener requests in the mix, of course, as well to uh, satisfy them. But uh, yeah, between the Oilers game, the football game, and then the uh, the Ducks and Flames game, kind of mm-hmm. being the nightcap as well, I was pretty well entertained from uh, five o'clock yeah. right until bedtime.
3: A sports coma. It there was we go. good. Yeah, it was good. Um, tonight. And we're going to be recapping the Oilers uh, all night, a great game by um, Ryan McLeod, but tonight the Oilers go into the um, Madison Square Gardens and just a fabulous, have you ever been in MSG? No, no, Uh, just what a yeah, I mean it's just, you just get chills when you walk in there and you think about all the history of that building. It's so, you know it's 100 and some years totally. old. Or There's a
0: few barns like oh, that, yeah, know, but barn.
3: yeah. But been remodeled, yeah. But like MSG, like Boston Garden was great too, but just a, a you know what hole, yeah. But MSG they've kept remodeling it, remodeling it, and you know it's it's like so it's updated, it's, it's updated, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're talking about the lines. So you look at how the lines were changed in the third period. Uh, there was nothing said on the broadcast last night, but. Derek Ryan in the last 45 seconds took a really hard hit behind the boards, and it was a hit by uh, Kevin uh, Ball. And it was a—I thought it was a little dirty, to be honest with you. And um, he didn't—he went off the ice really slow, so he might not be able to go tonight. Sam Gagne took a stick from Vinny DeHarnay, possibly. Well, he didn't come back. Possibly, may not go tonight. So don't be surprised if you if you see Connor Brown back in the lineup tonight. Yeah, exactly. Because what else do you have? Well, nothing. Especially if both guys can't go. Now you got to well on a trip like this. There's no time for a recall. You know, so. survival mode. You just yeah. got to
0: get through one, right? You just got to get through the one. And well, Gleason
3: might even would dress then, right? If he, you know, he's he'll, you know he'd be on the road. So that would be your only guy as far as an you know if you had two forwards go down. But that that's we'll find out as the day progresses there on on those two guys. But to me, Ryan looked really,
0: really. Was, he was ginger. Yeah. Uh, New York's pretty banged up too, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So, so again, those line changes. That and and if
3: if that's the answer that can keep Leon Dry going, if that's the answer in Ryan McLeod. Now you got to – you got. I mean, Dylan Holloway will be back shortly. Adds a little more depth up front. But I mean, they, there's some definite, definite line combinations and juggling uh, moving forward that we'll have to see. That's just, that's the 100th time too that Leon and, and Connor scored in the same game. Really? Yeah. Huh. And we were talking about Sid and Geno in Pittsburgh and their record is like crazy when they score. Well, they're
0: 76-20-4 when those guys uh, score. Going back to the McLeod and Drysidle too, mm-hmm. um, I think as much as sure it's good for Drysidle maybe to get them going, man, how about McLeod? Because I've been seeing a lot of talk online about, you know, McLeod not earning his contract. What's he doing? And the people are right. The guy had two goals yeah. leading up to yesterday, um, and he has been in slumps. His brother, brother, got two
3: assists, and his brother's the best faceoff man in the league. Imagine, could you get? How about something in the summer at the cottage? Uh, hey, bro. Little help here. Yeah, Little help. Work. We're only playing each other twice a year. Yeah, let's work. Let's give me some tips here, Matt. That's so cool. <laughs> and the parents were there at the game last yeah. night. So, you know, when you see your sons uh, score two goals and two assists, I mean, you're the chests were out pretty good on well. Well, Speck old Pops was talking
0: here. about it in his segment yesterday, his late segment, I should say. The man had to sleep in over at the cottage yesterday, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) no, he said he knows coaches that would bench a guy like McLeod Mm -hmm. for the lack of production, but not just bench him for that, but he'd be benched in front of his family and benched from playing against his brother. Uh, Obviously. like he, I think he got noticed with
3: Brown going out. He he, oh, big he time! Got his attention, big so time, big time. He really got his attention. So, uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Dino says, "Good morning, Kevin and Eddie. They are in survival mode. I would venture to say six out of ten. Now it's seven out of ten. I think it's just two out of three. You got to make sure you're two out of three, which is right in the middle there. Have a nice Christmas." From uh, Dean John says, "Maybe that is their identity inconsistent." Upgrades needed in a couple of areas uh, from JDP. Uh, looking forward to our first guest uh, today, Eddie Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, yeah, seen him on the Oilers broadcast for years, and I've known Gene obviously for well twenty five plus years, and worked uh, closely with him for a lot of uh, projects and things like that. So, uh, did you see the beginning of the the game? I, I, I missed the beginning. So he was on the tree. Did his intro on the train. So, and I believe his daughter was doing some production work there. So she's out there. So that'll be a good, uh, oh yeah, that'll be a good, yeah. good question. I, I, he reminded me of boxcar Willie on there, honestly. <laughs> 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 um, Mark Spector at eight o'clock for, uh, on the mark powered by a uh, booster juice. Our headliner of the day will be Carter Hutton from the daily face off, uh, for Mr. Reuter, uh, Eddie and I will do our in and out at 8.40. Uh, the Ski Report, and then uh, Tim Day from uh, Snow Valley Ski Club uh, is going to guest with us at 9 o'clock. I'm sure he would like a little more white stuff, but, I mean, they're making a lot of snow out there, and you see when you drive by that, you know, the lifts are busy, the, the, the runs are busy. So uh, Tim Murray from uh, Vizant Primetime We'll uh, be our guest in the 9 o'clock hour as well as the bowl games continue. Have you watched any so far, Eddie, or is it the, right now, you, you know, you're kind of waiting for some of the higher profile ones. Yeah,
0: there. that's a, you nailed it. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll track the scores and see the highlights and stuff, but I'm not going to intentionally go and try and watch a, a mid-tier bowl yeah. game. Yeah, I, although I did watch Marshall the other night. I caught some of that yeah, one yeah. cuz it was on really late. Yeah, I caught some of the so, Marshall, yeah. Yeah. And quickly we were
3: talking Duke and I about so that game somewhere on the West Coast, I don't know where, but um uh not there was no one in the in the stands. Yeah, it, so, it
0: looked empty. So like
3: would you say to have that game wouldn't you want to have it in either well you're not maybe not Marshall but maybe somewhere in Texas, so you know
0: where it's, it's some popularity? Well, at least
3: some, you know, UTSA, right, is you know somewhere in, I don't know, maybe not San Antonio, so it's not a total um, uh, home field advantage, but somewhere where- Yeah, people care. Yeah, people would care because there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, then Dave Maloney uh, will uh, be with us at uh, 10.20. When we come back, it'll be Gene Principe- um, Matt and LeDuc sending a text about uh, Gene and his daughter with him last night. Uh, So we'll talk to Gene. We'll get the goods from Gene when we come back. uh, With co-host Eddie Steele, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Uh, It's been an Edmonton fan favorite since it opened in 1956. Their slow and steady approach is a tradition that they are proud of, and it shows in their products. Order online at Bonton.ca. And, of course, every Friday... Eddie Steele on 1440 is brought to you by Bon Ton Bakery. That'll be busy, I think, today and tomorrow, eh? Yeah, it'll be busy. Because being Christmas on... They're always busy. They're always busy, but at this time of the year like make H- sure you get that ticket. Yeah, I was just going to say know. hence the get ticket in system. There. Get in you know there, get you that know that a joint
0: is good when they have a ticket system cuz it's that busy. Yeah. Yeah. Italian
3: market, Italian <laughs> center exactly. that's the cheese and food and exactly. uh, deli cuts. Uh when we come back, Gene Principe on Sports 1440, stay with us. Well, oh, our first uh, Christmas song of our final show of the season here uh is that Beverly Mahood?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was your best guess last time around. <laughs>
3: Jody Messina probably or something
2: that's the Hunter Brothers oh is it again I, I thought you were just doing a bit oh no
3: I can't remember all of the songs well and J.J. Hunter in there right
2: um, yeah the, unbelievable uh, there's trash and some good prairie Boy. I'd like to say there. that was a
3: bit I would like to say that was a bit Gino knows Uh, J.J., quite well, I think. Uh, We'll talk about that in one second here. Uh, Time now for the uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is uh, helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their financing options. Learn more at FountainTire.com as we welcome in Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet. Gino, you're with uh, Kevin Karius and Eddie Steele on a great Friday morning, days away from Christmas. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting night. Last night, uh, things turned uh, in about 69 uh, seconds (laughs) there to to make it, uh, yeah, I think everyone was in a bit of shock uh, the way it started, the way it went, and then the way it finished.
0: So you heard that
3: little Christmas intro. You remember J.J. Hunter, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. He he was... with road, the boilers, correct.
3: And Roadrunners. More Roadrunners during the
1: yeah, lockout Roadrunners, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, when you mentioned because uh, I have not heard that name in oh, it's twenty oh, years. Well, yeah, I was gonna say Almost. Yeah, that was that was the lockout year, right? I oh, remember five, when yeah. the Roadrunners so but I do remember so is he is he the singer on that?
3: The brothers. Duke, there's three oh, of them. I think there's the
1: four brothers. of them. Four of them, really. Oh my God, he was a really nice kid too. Uh, I remember him from from back then, and and you know, there's during that, especially the lockout, uh, the Roadrunners were the well, what we spent a lot of time on. I remember a good buddies of yours, Jarrett Stoll, was uh, was on the team, and I I think he he injured his Achilles. Uh, during that lockout season um, as well. And his mom came, well, you know, his Saskatchewan yeah. boys. His mom came to take care of him. And Jared was, a, <laughs> you know, Jared <laughs> would have been whatever, early 20s back then. So, yeah, I remember JJ. Wow. Great <laughs> Christmas music, by the way, that you've been rolling in. I've been listening to you at home and, and now on the road.
3: Well, on that team, Gene, yeah, Rafi Torres was on it. Remember yeah. old Mike B. Shy, Broadziak. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Boywick, Yeah. Um old uh, Dan Boyd- Baum.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. 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 The Bomber.
3: And oh, G- yeah, J D
1: was-, was here too, Jeff Delaurier. Yeah, Jeff Delaurier, yeah. I see Jeff down at well, you skate with yeah. him and I, I see you guys skate yeah. uh down at the uh new arena. Yeah, it was a it was a good group, uh, Jeff Ward, I think, was the coach, if I yes. remember correctly. Yeah. Uh yeah. so it was I mean, listen, it was a it was a terrible time for hockey, uh going through that, that kind of you know labor stoppage, uh, but we were, you know, thanks to the others, uh, we had the Roadrunners there, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was uh, nice to have hockey uh, during a time where so many cities didn't have it. Uh,
3: and now we got J.J. Hunter singing Christmas carols, so...
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Nice tie-in, k Square. <laughs> I,
3: I better let Eddie get a word in here, or else he's going to throw me through the doors here. Uh, I'm, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just
0: <laughs> staying in my lane, guys, and letting you two local legends go off. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, what did you make of the game last night, the, Gino? And again,
3: uh, the main thing: three goals in in sixty nine seconds.
1: Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, I, I the way it works in New Jersey, Kevin, and I I, I know you've done uh, many games uh, in NHL arenas, but particularly at this one, you're really close. To the room. In fact, uh, you have almost the best visual access. You see guys going back and forth, and and during the first intermission, was a great. You know, Carmichael is an unbelievable player. You know, and I think sometimes uh, because he's such an unbelievable player, we forget about some of the other things about him. That are unbelievable, and I, I really think he's a fan, he's grown into a just fantastic leader. And I I saw him because I was literally five seven feet away. So it's something you see, and I I don't mind kind of mentioning mm-hmm. on the show. It, it, mentioning it on TV feels like a little bit like you're you're seeing and saying something that maybe you shouldn't have access to. But it's the day after now. But he was doing such a great job talking to Warren Fogle, uh, and and I couldn't hear what he was saying, but he was kind of pointing and 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 just showing him. So something about what he felt would make their their line better uh the play better for the team and I thought man I wish I could I could, you know, we have a camera close there and I was like, oh, I'd love to shoot this, but um, like, you know, I just didn't feel right because it was kind of behind the scenes, but mm. I just thought, wow, what a, this is great, you know, just the way he's he's dealing with the teammate and uh, and, and and leading, and you know, uh, Eddie, as you know, sometimes you play with guys, they could just lead by example, they don't have to say a word because they're so great uh, in their work ethic, but I just, I think Connor leads in many ways, but yeah, so I was by the room and you could, mm. you could hear a lot Positivity in that second intermission, despite the fact they might have held their heads a little low because they outshot them, outplayed them, and then they're like, "We're down three-two. What's going on here?" So it was wonderful to see them come back in such a bang, bang, bang fashion, and I, I you know, get what they deserve. I thought they they deserved to win that game. And eventually they did.
0: Gene, you nailed it, too, in terms of the leadership, because those are some of the best leaders I've been around. The vocal raw, raw stuff, that only goes so far. But when you see your, your, not only your best player, but your supposed leader, your alpha in the locker room, just be about his business like that, that's when guys really want to follow him. In touching just with you and the closeness that you mentioned to how did Ryan McLeod feel? Could you could you feel just uh, a ten pound weight off of his shoulders yeah. in the room around him, or what?
1: Yeah, you know he's one of you know he's one of the most likable kids, and he's got a lot of raw skill and talent. I mean, if if you watch him, I mean, he's big enough, he's strong enough, he's certainly fast enough. Uh, he's kind of got everything you you think should make him a well for sure a double digit. A goal scorer, and it's it's always a neat storyline uh, between uh, the brothers and, you know, usually the, the brother that loses then owes <laughs> dinner to the brother that wins, and uh, so I, I think Ryan's an important part of the team, you know, especially when they have uh, Leon and, and Connor uh, centering their own lines. He, he slots in, should be a really good third line center and it, it's tough you know I think one of the things confidence right I, I God bless Jesse Pugliarvi, uh who we've talked about <laughs> <laughs> on TV yeah. radio and everywhere else and I remember one day uh, someone asked him about confidence you know about scoring goals and being a hockey player and he said you know you need confidence every day and I, I think Eddie and Kevin those of us that have it and, and i put myself in that category most of the time you just you have it and you don't even know you have it mm-hmm. you just you carry yourself a certain way but when you're missing it it's it's such a hole in a void and and i think that Ryan is the kind of kid that off a game like last night uh that, that he can carry that confidence in some people have it and uh just either they're born with it acquire it um and then some people have to work a little harder at it and he's such a great kid and so well liked uh, in the room so it was wonderful to see him kind of start the scoring and finish the scoring uh, I, there had to be a part of him that might have been thinking about a hat trick and I'm sure the Oilers were as well but I think he was happy to get out of there with two points, two goals and a win against his brother.
3: Oh yeah, Gene Principe, Rogers Sportsnet, our guest on Sports 1440. Just want to revisit Connor McDavid a little bit and you were talking about his leadership, uh, Gino uh, he wore, or he had the, the pride tape on uh, yeah. in warm-up because it was a jersey night uh, in jersey and not allowed they wore them into the building correct
1: yeah 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 it was uh, yeah it was him Leon Bouchard and I think Stuart Skinner if I remember correctly right. the four of them and you know again Kevin and, and let's let's you know we have to add those three gentlemen as okay. well that's that's not necessary. Nobody's expecting it. Um, and it, it draws attention to you by doing that on Pride Night in New Jersey, which uh, they did a wonderful, wonderful job of, of hosting. And I, I thought it was great. Like, And and not to, it, certainly Leon's a star in his own right, and Stuart Skinner is a starting goalie, and Evan Bouchard, like four guys that had really high profiles. Mm-hmm. And, and for them to, to do that, I thought, I I thought it was fantastic. I I just think that it's things like that that um, that might uh, make a difference Mm -hmm. for one person or two people or someone who who might be struggling with how they're feeling or or what they're thinking. And and it's it's a little thing, but it's a, a big thing because of the platform of the people who are doing it and wearing the tape on their stick have... In front of them, through you guys talking about them, I'm showing them on TV. So I, th- I thought it was a real, real nice touch by by Connor and a few of the Oilers. Yeah,
3: it's a choice, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it was great to see that. Now the other thing, you know, and you're—I assume you were in uh, the Oilers locker room for the entirety of post-game. I was, yeah. So and then Connor gets asked by—I don't know who—it was a jersey reporter, I assume about the comparison sort of between Jack Hughes and Wayne Gretzky and you saw Connor's little look, but again, how he handled that. He could have, like some guys would have just went, well, laughed it off. Yeah. But he, he, (laughs) he he turned a a question from a reporter that was not the best. Uh, yeah, yeah. And into a, a really good answer with the brothers and the Hughes and and yeah. the good of the sport so
1: yeah yeah no I I like that and I'm with you guys it was a Jersey reporter who, who by the way was wearing runners and sweatpants which <laughs> I thought was a neat look um and actually the, the kid <laughs> pulled it off so yeah I, I think we we all we there were about. Uh, there were about six six or eight guys uh, reporters in the scrum and so he's talking about Jack Hughes who's a wonderful player and a first overall pick okay we get this and then he Okay, kind of compared to Connor, all right, we'll, we'll kind of let this go because he's having a fantastic year. And then <laughs> when he cost him Wayne Gretzky, I, I think my head spun around. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, we're, now we're, you know, and I'm sure even Jack Hughes himself would, would go, ah, It might be a bit early for that. But yeah, and that's Connor. You know, I, I think one of the things, um, and Kevin, you've seen connor evolve like up 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 front and, and personal because you're around the room and you get to see him and eddie maybe for you and so many of uh, your listeners and so many people you, you kind of just see it through tv and and maybe maybe an interaction where you might see connor somewhere um but i, I that's one of the things i think connor has just evolved in this wonderful uh, great young man who is just mm-hmm. so good with People uh, in last night's case, it was uh, you know a reporter, a young reporter, kind of asking a little bit of an awkward question that could have went a different way. Um, and I see him with so many kids, uh, and and I think Connor realizes now, um, and and maybe is confident enough to know that you know what I make a difference in these kids' lives. Uh, it might be a moment that they likely will never forget the, the day I met Connor McDavid the day I had a picture with Connor McDavid the day he signed my jersey um and so uh I just think he's you know again back to leadership and, and I think uh, Eddie you've been in way more uh locker rooms from a professional athlete standpoint Kevin and I cover it you lived it but I think when when players on the team see that um it it just again it 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 exemplifies the kind of person he is, and it makes you think, hey, listen, if this guy is the best guy on the team, uh, one of the hardest, if not the hardest working guy on the team, and deals with people the way he does, uh, you know, again, another form of leadership. So it was it was a nice uh, spin on a question that could have gone uh, a wrong direction. Hmm.
0: Gene, forgive me, but I'm going to move uh, a little <laughs> bit away from the hockey. On a road trip like this, Let's get to the important things.
1: I'm out till three a.m. every morning. <laughs>
3: <laughs> are Maybe
1: you just, are you just I
0: eating at the you ho- Are you eating at the hotel restaurant, Gene? Are you going out and you exploring local favorites, different restaurants, uh, or do you have your favorites? What are you doing on these types of road trips, man?
1: You know what, Eddie? It's a wonderful question. I I'm, I walk more on a road trip to New York than I'm. I might walk. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say in a year in Edmonton, but it's just it's a walking kind of city, and you don't like. A lot of times, you can get somewhere faster by walking than taking an Uber or taking a, a taxi. Uh, and the, the subway system here is fantastic. You know, for example, yesterday I ended up taking it, so I mm-hmm. walked. Less than 10 minutes from the hotel to MSG, uh, Kevin, which you're aware of when we did the Mark Messier retirement yeah. jersey game here I know, a long time ago. And then it took uh, 20 minutes to take the train to Newark and then less than 10 minutes to walk. So let's say 40 minutes when you're stuck on a bus maybe another 20 minutes on top of that, and you're not moving, right? We're here, you're you're going, you get to the train, you're off the train, you're walking, and one of the things in New York, normally, uh, you know, you make dinner plans uh, with a group and a few guys. New York's one of the cities that just kind of, no plans. You just kind of just sort of roam around. And whether it's, uh, you know, Vito's uh, Pizza Slices on on one corner or uh, you want to stop somewhere for a coffee, uh, you just kind of, yeah, you just sort of wander and walk and and made it down to Times Square a couple of nights ago and uh, Radio City Music Hall and Rockefeller Plaza Center. So for sure, I, I go around more. Uh, in New York, Uh, and the other advantage is, as Kevin, you know, when the orders get down here, they normally hunker down to one spot uh, for three, four, five days, so Mm -hmm. you're not you're not uh, flying, game, unpacking, packing. You know, on the road. You're on the road, but you're you're staying one spot. So it's it's my favorite city that mm. doesn't have temperatures in the mid twenties to, <laughs> to the mid thirties.
3: Yeah, because you can't work on your tan, and you know right. you know what you know. At uh, when I turn on my old uh, Sony Trinitron at five thirty, I see this guy on the train. I thought it was Boxcar Willie. But uh, what what about your little intro and your daughter was there as well? How did that work?
1: Yeah, yeah, it worked out great. Well, I had taken the train to practice uh, the day after the Long Island game. I guess that was Wednesday. And I was like, this is incredible. And so I thought, you know, it'd be kind of neat to... I'm always trying to think of some, some different things to do. So I thought, well, why don't we do the... Why don't we do the opening on the train? And, and luckily, my daughter uh, is with me, so I needed someone to to shoot it. But it was kind of funny because the train—I I thought it would be quite loud. Everyone was pretty quiet, and so you're like, Hey, everybody, welcome to Rogers. And everyone just kind of looked, and I was, you know, and so so I did it once. And then, uh, as you know, Kevin, oftentimes in television, you do a safety just just to be sure in case. There's something you didn't notice, and so I said, "Well, let's." Do, and I said to everyone, "Go, hey, everybody, sorry, I got to do another one." And they were like, everyone was just kind of looking at me. So, uh, <laughs> no, they were they were they were they were polite, uh, but kind of were like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah. And uh, what's he doing? So it was yeah, it was kind of fun to do something on the on the train. And, uh, and you know, one of the things that's kind of neat as your kids get older, uh, I, I've had one of my sons join me on trips to California. He's a big basketball fan, trying hmm. to catch lakers and clippers my daughter loves new york and if her dad had enough money she'd move here and live here and go to school here and work here um so yeah it's kind of neat to be able to mix um you know a little bit of uh, uh plush with also yeah. being a business trip
3: uh, you know i could tell and maybe i'm way out here but i think i'm right you know just because we know each other well and been in broadcasting a long time so when you were your even your your inflection your voice how loud you were speaking. In your intro, you were trying to go. Well, I, I gotta. I don't want to be really loud here. Yeah. There's a bunch of people on the train. Did, was that in the back of your mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's different when you, you know, people will say, "Well, you always talk," you know, to a camera. But you know how it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You're talking to a camera. You're on radio. Uh, it's different when you have like a live audience, and it's it's so quiet. And It's interesting, Kevin. You make a great point because I felt I was so loud <laughs> when I did it. Yeah. But then when I watched it back, I was like, wow, it it didn't sound like it was much louder than just sort of normal uh, talking. So I think while I was trying to be loud, I still was aware that everybody was because everyone was right around me, you know. And and so it was it was a new experience, despite all the experience we have, uh, you know, in broadcasting, you and I, Kevin, because our careers are basically uh, you know very similar it's neat to sometimes do something different like that Uh, and uh, yeah it was was fun it it turned out fine I thought it was going to be a little bit I don't know, a little bit different than that, but maybe with the people around, it it it, it was kind of funny. At the end, they they said, "Hey, uh, you know, nice job," because uh, well, I was leaving the train, and they said, "Hey, you know, have a good night, everyone." So yeah, they were they were they were friendly, uh, but it was it was fun to do, and my daughter was involved. I was cutting yeah. through it, and her, "Hey, come on, you got to let's roll. We got to do this," and she's like, "Dad, it's bumpy." So, anyways, uh, yeah, we got through it. One more tonight. Uh, you know, I think if they can win tonight, uh, despite New York being such a great team, the Rangers would be a nice way for everyone to head mm-hmm. off uh, into the Christmas to a smile on their face.
3: Well, Gene, really appreciate you hopping on this morning. Have a wonderful Christmas, you and Karen, and all the kids yeah. and all your families. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy tonight, and uh, we'll see you back uh, here uh, over the break and then into the new year. Uh, and all the best, big guy.
1: Sounds great, boys. Uh, take care, uh, Eddie, to you and your family, and Kevin, to you and yours. Uh, have a great uh, holiday, and Merry Christmas to all your uh, listeners.
3: Keep Thanks. up the great work, Gene. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Thanks Gene. Eddie. That's uh, Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Uh there's not a nicer guy in this business than gene principe and that goes that it, you can ask anyone and they'll go well gene is the nicest guy yeah easily uh he mentioned the mark Messier. we did the mark messier game gene and i the retirement game uh on pay-per-view it was back in the day in 2006 at msg um One of the highlights for me, Uh, Gene and I used to co-do, we would do play-by-play and color together. We would mesh it together. One guy, if you were doing play-by-play, basically you would go until the next, say the whistle or whatever, and then the color guy would pick up and he would say, okay, that was so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And then he would continue on till the next whistle. Uh, So we just kind of rotated back back and forth the whole time, except for that game. Because it was such a big game, they went, no, no, we better do a, a, a little different. Ray, so Ray Ferraro came in okay. and did. Uh, so I was the host. Yeah, Gene was uh, play-by-play. No, oh, Gene, Gene was, was play-by-play. Play. Okay. Uh, because back then, again, all the games weren't on again. And I remember the Oilers knew. They knew that something was going on when, they, when all the networks bid for the games and they see the schedule. They said, well, we'll take this game they knew it was going to be the Messier one. And it was obviously a big pay-per-view game yeah, back then. Big deal. Big, 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 big deal. So, uh, when we come back a little open time, we'll talk to Eddie about, uh, a plethora of things. I've actually got a decent story from that, that night as well in New York. You won't believe it. Uh, <laughs> uh coming up on the Kevin Carey show with Eddie Steele on sports 1440. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, happy holidays. Best of the season to everybody. Uh, is that the Hunter Brothers? No. <laughs> of course, it's our 7.40 break. The B.A. man, the Duke always comes through with Brian Adams, 7.40. So that's two for two, Duke. Two for two who I knew it was. I was just kidding about the Hunter
2: Brothers. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Great bit. Yeah. Very good bit, Very, Kevin. Yeah.
3: That's what a comedian does. When you can, you have the ability, you know. Uh, text coming in to uh, 1-833-401-1440. Gelly or Jelly says, uh, to be fair, Gretzky compared Hughes to himself in the first place so that's where that comparison started um, maybe it came from Wayne himself uh, Northside Norm says hey KK just wondering if guys like you and Gene have agents or do you negotiate your own deals through the years well Gene might have an agent he's big time did you ever have one no I got the Duke now
0: he does all the business talk.
3: The heavy I'm, a, I'm,
2: a, I'm a big wheeler and dealer, so I'll uh, yeah. Any, anybody that has any business propositions for Kevin, you can just send them right through the text line, and I'll uh, I'll, fil- <laughs> I'll filter them out.
0: Not even to the email, right <laughs> no. to the text. I'll tell you what, Duke. If you some,
3: if you conjure up some sort of business appearances and stuff, I'll give you I'll give
0: you a fifty percent.
2: How's that sound? Fifty percent of uh, well, a few, yeah. free drinks. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> like our last one.
0: Hey, KK, I did yeah. want to ask you oh, though. Okay. Sticking with the TV theme, um, what did you prefer better? Because Gino, he was talking about, and he mentioned confidence too, and how some of us have confidence to be able to do what he did uh, with people around. That takes a lot of cojones. And I've had to do TV before too, lots of live hits, lots of pre recorded mm-hmm. uh, videotapings and whatnot. What did you prefer better? Did you prefer live or do you prefer a pre tape? Always live.
3: Me too. Always. Um, um, again, just lucky enough to be fortunate to do some great things in this business. But the one I did uh, was the night the Oilers beat San Jose in 2017 uh, in overtime. Uh, Deharnay scored, and we were up in Ford Hall because it was a late game, and we were live on the air at in our eleven o'clock news. But there's such a, and of course you've been in Ford Hall, you see the big screen in there. There's such a delay from what you can hear the crowd noise to what you're seeing on the TV. So sometimes, and the and back then in that playoff run, the crowd was going so bananas, you you could think it would be. A penalty, Right. Or a save or, or anything. So you, you weren't sure exactly what, but we were live when D'Arne scored. So now everyone is jumping up and down in Ford Hall. And they're looking at the screen, waiting for the goal to come. They think it's coming uh, because I believe the horn would have went off. But again, it, it was, and I'm live talking to Suling Ling Goal. Yeah. And now, you know, you look at, the, uh, finally the goal goes in and now everyone's going bananas. And literally, and you, if anyone was there in Ford Hall that's listening, and that night, you could feel the floor heaving. Uh, I thought we were going down on 104 <laughs> Avenue. Honestly, and then there was a bunch of stories that were done, and that's how it was made to have that bounce. But it felt like if you have vertigo or whatever, it felt you were up and down. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, live is always better. Mm-hmm. It's, sometimes it's, it's easier because you go, we can't stop. You got to go. So, and if you make a little fumble, you make a little mistake, you just keep
0: going. Exactly. I've, with the yeah. pre recorded, I find that you try and be too perfect. You know? That's a good, good assessment. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, very, very solid. Uh,
3: I don't recall, like, I mean, again, like Gino's saying, like those intros, and when we were doing the games, Gino and I back on uh, the pay per views, again, we would, uh, they'd say, okay, let's do a. Like a practice run or whatever, and sometimes the producer was might have been Larry Isaac. Uh, a lot of times it was he would go, "Ah, that's good. We, looks, this was just fine. So we don't need to go live. We'll just run that one, and we'll take it from there." Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it it all depends on a lot on what your producer's thinking, right? Uh, and the the difference, and I found out this uh, you know just coming into radio, the difference between a television producer is way different than what the Duke is as a radio producer
0: yeah they're they're sharp everything is precise took a it took a little while to uh get into that but not saying you're not sharp dude in a different manner my brother
2: (laughs) uh eddie the good thing is you'll never uh insult me because i've already heard them all and uh and believe me i i don't consider myself uh, a particularly sharp person i'm i'm a go with the flow kind of guy oh yeah. yeah so uh so don't no 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 harm no foul eddie if you're a pro athlete. You can literally say whatever you want to me.
0: No, I'm a has-been.
3: <laughs> the uh, the Mark Messier game, if I'll tell a quick story, um, in 06, so it was the retirement, so Gino was doing play-by-play. I was hosting. Ray Farrar was doing color. Uh, after the game, and, I mean, this was this is Mark Messier. I mean, he ran the town in 94 and, and things like that. Um, so it was a big to-do. After... Uh, have you been to New York? No. Okay. Well, you got to go. So there's a place called the Rainbow Room. This was the after party. And guys like Ryan Smith had a ticket. Don Metz had a ticket. I didn't have a ticket. They said, oh, you'll, we'll get you in. We get there. There's four security guards get to get in to go 75 floors up. So Smitty went to the front of the line, and I sort of did a 360 and turned around to the far side of the table. And one of the security guys, what about him? And I go, well, he already checked me over there. And the guy, guy looks at me and goes, yeah, you're good to go. Go to the elevator. So I like, casually walk okay. to the elevator, 75 floors up, and now Smitty's in there, Metz is in there, Rod Phillips was there. Man, I've heard of the Rainbow Room. <sighs> I mean, so we get in there, this place is, and it, so it's like four or 500 people, invitation only, obviously, and I'm not invited, but, but we weas- weasel in. So I'm standing in this Rainbow Room. And they got, there's probably about 10 or 20 ice sculptures of the Stanley Cup. And you pour your Grey Goose down and it comes out in the bottom all chilled. And anyway, so now we, were I'm standing in there and I kind of, and I was just, don't do anything stupid to get kicked out. Like, just don't do anything dumb. So I'm standing there and I look to the right of me and there's this big tall guy. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, and I'm going, he looks familiar. But I'm not, I'm not, I didn't want to eyeball him. And then I went, oh, it's Tim Robbins. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. And I'm going. Oh God, what am I? You know, what am I doing here? So then, this woman starts walking right at me. I thought, and I'm looking at her. She's like just absolutely stunning, and she looks at me and says, "What a beautiful evening." And I go, "Oh, just top notch." And again, try to spit a word out, but it was Susan Sarandon. Wow. So that you know they were married or whatever big at wait. the time. Yeah, big time operators, but it was a good night. Uh, you didn't get kicked out Didn't get kicked out uh, And went to another party after in New York And that's what Gene says Like New
0: York is like you walk around And yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun You gotta go That's funny because as Gene was talking about it, I was texting my wife I'm saying we're going to New York yeah. Oh really? Literally
3: Especially at this time of the year I mean uh, Gene I don't know if I think maybe yesterday was mentioned You got Rockefeller You know you got people skating around yeah. Down there uh, and then, of course, Times Square and, you know, New Year's Eve and things like that.
0: But. I used to be anti, you know, like the the the, the so many people, the crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not anti-social, anti-crowd, but just the, uh, the the saturation in New York. But now, as I've gotten a little older, man, I have this itch I want to go and explore. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I can't
3: say again. Gino's right about the train. If you want to go out to watch a Mets game, you know, in Queens, take the train. You're right there. Yeah, uh, done that, and that's been a lot of fun. Or again, um, I haven't gone to the Bronx for Yankee Stadium,
0: but MSG's right down there. You can just walk, you know. And I've been in some yeah. big metros, and Gino's actually bang on too. And some people who've never left the Edmonton region, they would never comprehend walking for 20 minutes and actually getting <laughs> yeah. to far destinations because Edmonton's such a driving city. Yeah, you couldn't even imagine that. Yeah, a 20 minute walk in New York is like. Y'all, yeah, like what's, what's the big deal? Yeah, and you're covering yeah. a lot of ground because everything is so close together. And, you know, the way...
3: Pedestrians just total right away. They rule They're the just, world.
0: You know. It's kind of like that here, man. Yeah. It's canoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, text coming in, one eight three three four zero one fourteen
3: forty. Hey, guys, this is from Spruce Grove, Corey. Love all the guest hosts during the week, but Eddie is by far my favorite. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks, Spruce Grove, Corey. Uh, Thanks, Merry Corey. Christmas to you and yours as well. When we come back, it will be spec time, I think. <laughs> we think yeah, he's got the alarm set yeah he had the yeah, alarm you can't, set. You can't no do it twice de- in a row no there's no denying that well, uh, mark specter's coming up uh, before that time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by first round you can watch nfl football uh, at first round monday thursdays saturdays and sundays and you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year here is the duke